Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the third episode of our Mirror Universe series, where Rihanna and I will be discussing the Mirror episodes in Enterprise. It's been a long road. All right. Okay. There it is. She's got to <laughs> Got it out it. of my system. Get it out of the way. And I didn't actually, hear it this time, so I had to. Yes. Yeah. There's no faith of the heart in these Mirror Universe episodes. Absolutely not. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> They don't have faith in the soul either. <laughs> no, 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 no. So this is the first episode of 2024. Can we just pause and think about that? This is this like we're three and a half years into our podcast. And I also I can't help but remember about three years ago when we were recording our episode, uh, like the day after the insurrection. And we were just like, like what is going we on with our country yeah <laughs> like, ah. and it was reminding me i've been seeing all these posts recently there's like a trend going around of reading your grandmother's diary or like your family members diaries on like days that significant things happened like there's one that says this man was so rude to me at the bar man landed on the moon <laughs> you know just like <laughs> you know interpersonal drama dispersed with uh, in historical events and I can't help but feel that our podcast is kind of like that too you know oh, we're just sure. we're talking about the mirror universe and or, or back then it was probably like I don't even know t- love and affection <laughs> probably <laughs> could you imagine it might have been time travel and then we're like by the way the capital has been invaded anyway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was it no, I think we were joking about it being our movie series. Like, darn, we should have watched Insurrection. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> but luckily, time has passed now and things are not quite as dire. 2024 is looking to be uh something. It's going to be something. But things are dire in a different way now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But no matter what is going on in the outside world, you have our podcast to escape to, and we will talk about insurrections and mutiny on Star Trek instead. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll give you a cushion to talk about these real life things through Star Trek, um, as we usually do, and as Star Trek does. And, you know, this is the other tragic thing, is that January 6th is also Spock's birthday, and... Um, it's just tragic that now that that is that is known as the day of the little insurrection. So I just want to give a moment to shout out to Spock. And we both have our Spock mirror action figures here. Yes. Also, I think even most importantly, today is Aaron Eisenberg's birthday. Rest in peace. I wish he was still mm-hmm. with us today. He, of course, played Nog on Deep Space Nine. Fantastic actor. I've been Legend. seeing a lot of really meaningful posts on Twitter from people who met him at cons and people who knew him personally. So just have to take this moment to just do a special mention of Aaron Eisenberg and wish that he was still with us today. Yeah. What an amazing light. I've heard such great stories about him. Like he was always so kind to everyone and yeah. So be thinking about him today and as we record our pod, you know, we did our Deep Space Nine pod last week, but here now we are talking about Enterprise, 
So it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Well, and he was on his, he had his own podcast, The Seventh Rule with Ciroc Lofton, amazing mm-hmm. podcast. And now this year, Walter Kendig is joining that podcast. And so yes. him and Ciroc Lofton are watching all of the original series episodes and talking about them. So like definitely hop on that pod we've talked about this before but i just can't believe that that collab is happening so just a reminder collabs all around (laughs) yeah Yeah. and speaking of amazing collaborations we would be remiss if we also didn't mention that trek talks 3 is happening on january 13th starts at 9 45 a.m pacific time this is a whole day long star trek telethon that includes Actors like Todd Stashwick, Nana Visitor, Terry Metalis, creator, and also yeah. Aaron Walkie, Michelle Hurd, Ethan Phillips, Tawny Newsom, and others. And all of this is put together by Johns Billingsley, who of course is our Enterprise hero, who we enterprise who we interviewed a year ago to help promote the Hollywood Food Coalition. And yes. it is all hosted by Trek Geeks. So on January 13th, go to Trek Geeks YouTube page and there's a day long Star Trek extravaganza. Personally, it has taken the place of my Star Trek day viewing because it's better than Star Trek day. No, like no offense, like 2020, (laughs) they need to do better. (laughs) 2023 had basically no Star Trek day. And so if you are missing seeing amazing actors and creators and writers talk about Star Trek, and also raising money for the Hollywood Food Coalition. Definitely go check them out. Yes. It 100%. is a blast. I literally worked from home last time this was happening. And so I was able to just have it on in the background out all day. So truly, if you can do that, if you have the ability, you know, it's kind of a fun way or just have it in your headphones or something. They do some amazing stuff. At least last time I watched, I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. And they, they are raising Great money. They're raising money to help people who are in need in Los Angeles. And Mm -hmm. if you know anything about Skid Row, you know that they desperately need help over there. So Mm -hmm. definitely go for a good cause. Last year, they raised over $100,000. I know they're trying to uh, break that this year. So Mm -hmm. once again, that is January 13th, 945 AM Pacific time. Go to Trek Geeks YouTube page to watch that live stream. Absolutely. Thank you, Ashlyn. I really appreciate that shout out. (laughs) Okay, so by now you're probably wondering, it's past the holidays, where are our bracelets? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're coming, we promise. They're we're... actually all right next to me, and I'm going to the post office today after this recording to mail them. <laughs> yes, Ashlyn! Okay, Ashlyn is slaying it. I am very close, I just need to print out our letter. Everything else is ready to go, so thank you for your patience. We actually, over the break, made some bracelets together. Got to show off each other's haul. Um, We had a huge moment where we just like went bracelet by bracelet showing each other what we had made, and it was was so much fun. It was so much fun. We honestly should have had like a recording of it, but alas we did not um it was such a great time and we were it was so fun to make bracelets for you all it was really a joy and i'm just gonna keep making star trek bracelets because i want more i think they're really fun and today i actually have on my star trek like the one that just says star trek and then i have my kirk and spock one on that has some hearts on it you know for spock's birthday and just as we talk about tos and enterprise here Yeah, so thank you so much for your patience. You know that we are a completely independent Star Trek team. I I mean independently as as much as that word means. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is it is just the two of us. And so 
we care so much about all of our listeners and we were so happy to get so many bracelet requests. Like literally it was a labor of love. It was a joyful time to make them and send them out. And I think Rihanna might disagree with me, but I think it's a good time to announce that very soon you will actually be able to purchase these bracelets from us if you are attending Star Trek Long Island. Because we, the Dura Sisters podcast, will not only be at Star Trek Long Island, but we will have our own booth. We will have our own panel at the convention. This is a huge, huge step for us. And this was a big reason why we were pushing to get more patrons, which we did reach our patron goal. We have 23 patrons right now. So thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our listeners. This is a huge, huge moment for us. We are so excited to be at Star Trek Long Island. We already know there's a ton of amazing podcasts already signed up as well as amazing guests go to star trek long island.com to check out more information about that that will be taking place from <laughs> june 1st to june 2nd guess where long island new york so <laughs> if, you ha- if you have if you happen to and rihanna we <laughs> no i mean i'm gonna fly but you're gonna road trip it <laughs> Oh, yeah, but it is a journey for both of us. But if you would like a Star Trek bracelet, we will be selling them there. And also, we would like to say hi and see all of our friends that we have made over the past couple of years with the podcast. So more information will be forthcoming, more details about what our panel will be and things like that. So just keep an eye on our social media. Hooray! You're so <laughs> um, excited. Honestly, it's like, I am trying to play it cool, but this has been a dream since the beginning of our podcast. I think I think even secretly since longer, since I've been going to Starfest to like, oh man, it'd be so cool to be on one of these panels or so cool to then when we became podcasters, when I was at Mission Chicago, I was just like to have our own booth here, you know, and be able to promote the pod. I was just walking around handing out business cards, which was really fun. I got to meet a lot of really cool people. But this is like a whole new level of um, ways to interact with people, meet fans, meet just other Trekkies, you know, other Star Trek fans like us. Um, come buy our cool merch. We're going to have like a, such a cool merch table. I don't know. I'm just like so excited. And it's definitely something, a goal that Ashton and I have been kind of, it, it felt lofty a couple of years ago. And now we're here, you know, so it's very heartening to think about all this progress we've made, Ashlyn. Absolutely right. And tickets are available now. So head over to treklongisland.com to find more information about the convention and to get hyped with us as we prepare for the convention. Ow, ow. ow, ow. Yeah, 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 exactly right. So I think that's all of our announcements, heavy announcement uh, episode today, but it's been a minute. We, You might have noticed we took a couple weeks off because yes. of the holidays. As usual, the holidays kind of just hit us like a bat. So, a bat. A bat. <laughs> like a bat out of hell. <laughs> That's what I was wondering if, that, if your metaphor was coming. Like Flox's bat, like in A Night oh, at Sick Bay. With, bat. Okay, it yeah. flew in our faces and we said, what day is it? Oh, whoops. It's <laughs> January 6th. Let's get these bracelets out. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're Merry great. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2024. Yes. Rihanna, if you could jump into the 22nd century and you somehow were stranded in the mirror universe with our Enterprise crew, who would you align yourself with to make it out of there alive? Ooh. 
This is a great question. Um, it really depends on my object objective. That's why I'm struggling with this answer. But I'm going to go with my heart and say if I were my normal compassionate self who didn't want this mirror universe to happen, I would definitely align with T'Pol. Um, because I'm against all that like pro-human bullshit <laughs> and would maybe like, I don't know, be an ally <laughs> to them for like their little resistance movement. Um, I know it wouldn't end well, but honestly, I would still align with her because like, though she becomes a little bit like chaotic by the end of this two-parter, she is making some moves and, you know, she's very smart. She knows a lot about technology. She could help me sort of sneak around the ship. So I'm going with to pull. Ashley, All right. what about you? What, who would you choose as your ally, depending on your objectives? Rihanna is joining the rebels. Mm -hmm. For me, maybe, maybe predictable. Um, I'm actually going to align myself with Mayweather. Oh. <laughs> He's so hot. <laughs> That's not the only reason. This man is so hot and he speaks about three words this entire yeah. two-parter but he doesn't need to say a thing because <laughs> he is loyal he protects archer like he says he's archer's personal guard he's a mako officer in this universe so he is highly trained highly trained military person mm -hmm. he is loyal except at the end for the most part he's very <laughs> loyal he's gonna have my back no matter what i try to do if i want to become the emperor travis mayweather is on my side if i mm. want to join the rebels he would help me and he, he would. would join the rebel ship so i am 100 percent choosing mayweather we are going to sneak around the enterprise and get done whatever needs to be done and <laughs> we would probably have a very wonderful affair because he's so so hot he's <laughs> devastatingly gorgeous in this episode and i don't say that about a lot of people maybe i no. do but devastatingly gorgeous i'm i'm serious yeah. my my brain short-circuited every time he was on screen absolutely amazing i'm not even like yeah. a a huge mayweather stand but like something changed watching this episode oh my god i can't agree more ashlyn wow i didn't even think about allying with May Mayweather. I think you're right. He would absolutely join the rebels if he believed in your cause enough. Yeah. Wow. I, I would definitely get him you to believe my in side. His cause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cause doing yeah. very heavy lifting there, Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. I am a uh, full-blown lesbian and he is so beautiful. I was like breathless. I was like, what is this man? His earring? His tank top. Wow. Great I choice, do, I do think, Rihanna, like, though you have no real world men exceptions, Star Trek men will always, always have your heart. Yeah. Always. This little Spock pin I have on today for his birthday. Like, Spock is attractive to me, y'all. If you didn't know that, it's not just a love. It's an attraction. Like... <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, revealing truths about myself more and Absolutely. more in these pods. <laughs> Also, there was a request, not by one person, but like by several people that we continue the smash or pass yes. uh, kind of trend that we've been doing throughout these mirror right. episodes. I mean, inherently, they are sexier. Like everyone yeah. is dressed like quite sluttily in the mirror mm -hmm. universe. And sluttily. so I love like <laughs> it just we have to objectify these amazing humans because <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the episode, we will be asking smash or pass. And we encourage you at home to think, <laughs> would you smash or pass? <laughs> That's your thing. 
ask yourself <laughs> yeah yeah and then let us know <laughs> isn't what that what weird... you're here for on yeah. this podcast <laughs> i mean we're the house of duras you are in our house and we're we're wondering so <laughs> yeah you know what i just had a flashback i think it i think it must have been Beitor who was really hitting on picard but like that's just such you energy so like i'm not surprised for the house of duras like 100% would be me 100% even if it's Beitor I can inhabit her body for a second yeah exactly (laughs) okay so this now we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room an elephant you might have forgotten about because in the last episode (laughs) of the pod we were talking about deep space nine and we hinted that we are breaking one of our steadfast rules that we have in the podcast so today We are crossing the streams. We are mixing it up. We are talking about the original series and Enterprise in the same episode. So we're not going to go full-blown craziness on you all. So if you haven't seen the original series episode, The Tholian Web, you don't need to. But it would blow your mind if you have Mm -hmm. seen it or remember how it goes. Because this episode feeds directly into the Enterprise episode in a mirror darkly. So we want to quickly talk about the Tholian web and what the original series gave us in the 60s to talk about. So Rihanna, could you give us just a tiny, not like, and then Spock turned to the left type of summary, (laughs) but like a more streamlined summary about what the Tholian web is about? Yep, yep, yep. Let me pull up my notes. Okay, so... (laughs) So Ashlyn, Tholian Web is a season three episode, and it begins with Kirk, who is searching for the Defiant, which has vanished without a trace three weeks ago. They are in unsurveyed territory currently, and there are just a lot of curious readings on the sensors, and space is literally breaking up around them. So essentially, they visually contact the Defiant. It's not on their sensors, but it's on the visuals. And so Kirk, McCoy, Chekhov and Spock all beam down, all beam over to the Defiant, which is kind of glowing green out of phase a little bit. But they realize that there's no survivors, and when they get on board, there's just like a bunch of bodies. Everyone's dead, the captain's neck is broken, and the ship is still functioning, but there's no life signs. Sulu can't even get an accurate fix on the ship. And McCoy once passes his hand through a table and a human uh, body. So (laughs) just a lot of things going on here at the beginning of this episode, and that's what we're going to be focusing on. Essentially, Kirk then vanishes, just like things have been vanishing on the Defiant, and everyone thinks he's dead. There's a time of just shock, and then Spock, of course, is second in command, so he has to take command of the Enterprise. Um, They are still in this tholian sector sector which essentially creates a web around them there's these tholian ships that create a web and trap them there and so they have to figure out how to get out turns out kirk is alive all along he's just trapped in this little like he couldn't be yeah he was phased out basically phased out yeah yeah (laughs) um and they get him back and he's he's doing okay by the end so and they get out of the web (laughs) um but all of that is like less consequential as the beginning because the beginning really lays out the defiant as a ship that has gone missing this part of space that is literally decaying everything around it it's a really interesting premise and it sets the precedent for like what's to come in these enterprise episodes and what sort of the writers and creators drew from yeah so 
thank you, Rihanna. Beautiful little explanation there. Yeah. So obviously the original series gave us Mirror Mirror, the Tholian Web. We have talked about the amazing Mirror episodes in Deep Space Nine and none in Voyager, none in Next Generation. So when we get to Enterprise, Mike Sussman, who's one of the writers, he was a huge, huge fan of Mirror Mirror and the Tholian Web. And so for him, it was an irresistible idea that the USS Defiant from the Tholian web was still floating out there somewhere in the interface, and we never knew what happened to it. That was a tantalizing story, and I wanted to explore more. So for me, just like <laughs> I had no memory of these of this Enterprise two-parter in A Mirror Darkly, and the fact that it is so incredibly niche. Like we're, we're, <laughs> this is a story about a random ship that the crew of Kirk's Enterprise was tracing because it went missing. We're going to, we're going to get that answer in this two-parter. To me, this is the beginning of what Star Trek is trying to do in these later series is, of course, we're building a, a universe. Of course, there's a Star Trek universe, but I feel like this episode combines the movie First Contact, which of course is a Next Generation movie. That's how the whole episode opens. And then by the end of it, we see Jonathan Archer, Mira Archer in a 23rd century Starfleet uniform, which is absolutely tantalizing. And I think this is what people like Mike McMahon are drawing on when they're writing for Lower Decks. And what Discovery is trying to combine later is really give this idea that Star Trek is one giant beating heart of a universe. And I, I have to say this at the beginning of the pod, because I'm just going to freak out the entire episode. I think this is a brilliant, brilliant premise to have the mirror universe answer this question about what happened to the defiant i mean and we have the defiant in deep space nine as well like this is what it's named after was this missing ship from the 22nd from the 23rd century so absolutely incredible genius way to weave this tholian web around yeah Bro, beautiful mm -hmm. i'm like a bobblehead i'm just nodding along like that is so true i'm glad you brought up these points because i think Trek never wanted to be siloed, you know, or just like only rely on the series that it's doing, you know, because especially with the original series, there's so many ends that they can pull from. And sometimes, sure, they'll just do a remake of Naked Time and be like, hey, <laughs> it's naked now, you know. Um, but other times like this, it's a little more subtle. And of course, we get the actual mention of Tholians, which I think will if the Defiant doesn't do the alarm bells for like a Trekkie who watched the original series, then hearing the Tholians will. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should go back and watch the Tholian web. And so I think that's brilliant too, because then it can get other fans from Enterprise to be fans of the original series or vice versa, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think that is really, really cool. And this, honestly, this episode in A Mirror Darkly, this two-parter is phenomenal i it might be like ranked really high on my list now you know like when i start thinking about some of the best episodes of trek like it's gonna be up there because i have only seen this once like we've talked about with every other episode of this mirror universe besides mirror mirror which i've seen a thousand plus times i've only seen these mirror episodes once or twice if that you know and ashlyn and i just kind of get to rewatch it again, relive it as if it's the first time. And it's just really cool. I was so impressed by this. So anyway, that's just a little shout out session to Mike Sussman and to the creators of Enterprise. 
Yeah. I mean, I hate to applaud Rick Berman <laughs> and yeah. Brana for this, but th- I mean, Definitely. this is a really amazing episode. I, mm-hmm. I had this thought halfway through, like when I finished part one, like I claim to be a huge Star Trek fan and mm-hmm. yet I did not remember the best episode of Enterprise. And right? I, I think maybe this two-parter is the best episode, like the best couple of episodes of Enterprise. Yeah. Absolutely blew me away. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's, and especially because I, I remember talking about in Deep Space Nine, I wanted a two-parter mirror episode so much. I was like, let's, let's keep going. Yes. These episodes are not long enough. I want to know more. And this, I arguably, maybe like this, epi- these two episodes gave us so much that I was thinking, couldn't we just have Enterprise be in the mirror universe? I would absolutely love to just watch that series of, or or a season of just Mirror Enterprise because yeah. we got the Gorn dropped in this episode. Yeah, we got um, uh, we we got time travel. <laughs> we got we got a mini like, revolution. Revolution. Yeah, exactly. Start of a revolution and regime uh, change. <laughs> alliance alliances flying back and forth. People betraying mm-hmm. each other trip going through a lot with the radiation <laughs> um, so Sorry, like trip. i yeah there's a lot to unpack in these episodes so i think let's stop praising it and let's talk facts rihanna <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um i will say one other funny thing is a while back when i was looking up the defiant for some reason, probably for a deep space nine episode yes i was looking it up for engineering to like get all the f- nitty-gritty facts about the defiant and i just looked up defiant star trek and it said the captain of the defiant is archer (laughs) and i was like (laughs) what the hell this is so weird like what kind of mirror universe have i slipped into and of course i looked into it i was like oh okay this is a crazy thing and then i just sort of like wrote it off at took it out of my memory. I was like, okay, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so I love that here I'm like, oh yeah, of course he's captain of the Defiant. What? <laughs> That's a life changer. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I want to put our listeners into suspense for about four more minutes precisely because we have not picked an action figure to go along <gasps> this journey with us. Oh we almost God. forgot. We got we so excited. <laughs> yeah. We almost right. forgot. Okay. I'm going to go pick. ambient shaking noises okay this action figure picking process takes a lot more movement than before <laughs> yeah so, she has to crawl over there and like i just move yeah, my chair a lot to figure out okay rihanna who did you pick okay so i picked q from voyager <laughs> he has a or i guess deep space nine but he has wait can i see the badge Oh, wait, yeah, that'll do it. That's DS9. That's DS9, yep. Wow, I have Deep Space Nine Q, who only appeared in one episode, um, called Q something. It's got a Q name in it. It's Uh, season one. I thought it was... It's not Q-less, It's not the Emissary? No. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, it's in his own episode where, like, he... Cisco Cisco smacks him. him. I'm not Picard. Oh, yeah, he's only got Commander Pips here as well. Because he's matching Cisco. Mm-hmm. Q-less. Yeah, it is Q-less. Congratulations, oh, Rihanna. Oh my god. I should just trust myself. I hope well, now... all of you at home got it as well. Yeah, well now Q is sitting on the brim of my 
an X01 hat. And Ashlyn, who did you choose? Very precarious choice, Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have someone who might be able to help you. I have Dr. McCoy <gasps> from the Kelvinverse from AOS Universe. Oh my God. So we have a lot of people outside of the universe joining us today. I'm going to fit him next to Mirror Spock, which is quite a crew we have wow. together. Wow. He's going to be like, who the hell are you? <laughs> Carl Urban looks great, frankly. Oh, he's wrapping his arms around Spock. Okay, it's getting intimate in here. <laughs> okay, well, sometimes to fit them on my mic, I have to have them wrapped around each other. So <laughs> anyway, let's actually get into it. Here we go. In a Mirror Darkly, part one. We, we have footage from the movie First Contact. You can see they did not bring um you know who plays cochran i don't know anything <laughs> let's see james cromwell god we should know that oh yeah we should know that so they didn't get james Cromwell cromwell back for this enterprise episode you might be shocked <laughs> to learn but they did reuse the music that made me so happy that's yes. what we use as our outro music is the um first contract main theme first contract jesus christ <laughs> is that the Ferengi version <laughs> of first contact <laughs> It's the birth of their first contract. This is the rule of acquisition number one. <laughs> <laughs> Always That's murder like the a bootleg Vulcan. version of first contact. <laughs> it's the Mirror Universe version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Mirror Universe version is like first kill. Like they. Oh, oh my gosh <laughs> so okay this is yeah first contact uh this is how the scene opens but instead of you know the vulcan gives the live long and prosper salute and then they make peace on earth the they don't shake hands yeah. no cochran murders this vulcan and Jeez. the humans overrun the ship and take control of it and this is how so they've just achieved warp one they are gonna scrap this vulcan ship and use it for their own and eventually as we see through the absolutely fantastic intro that we have really sets the tone for yeah. this episode a very violent revolution that the humans have where they become the iss and create their own starfleet that is human-centric human-centric mm -hmm. they are the terrans and they seemingly have allied slash like made the vulcans their slaves somewhat mm -hmm. like the, the the vulcans are under their control they're working for them they have some aliens like denobulans species that are not inherently rebellious working with the terrans in their empire but otherwise this is a humanity that is entirely focused on galactic domination and the empire has reigned archer says for centuries and this is you know we're in the 2200s so i would imagine about two centuries maybe they're counting khan as like the start of the empire but yeah, so this is what we've, this is what we're seeing. I, I wanted to throw out a couple of fun facts also that I was reading Memory Alpha about this episode because this is the only Mirror Universe episode from all of Star Trek that we see all of the main bridge crew appear in the Mirror Universe because in True. all the Deep Space Nine episodes, it's kind of like they're randomly characters are in there, in and out. Mm -hmm. Of course, not Mirror Mirror, but the whole bridge crew, are all our friends, gets to be in the Mirror Universe. They don't interact with their prime 
uh, which is another difference. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then also initially this was what they wanted to do was to get William Shatner in this episode to have them go into the future and see Kirk somehow. (laughs) I I don't don't ask me how that would have worked. So um, glad they didn't do that. But Kirk, uh, Kirk Shatner wanted an obscene amount of money and Paramount did not want to give it to him. So Typical. he <laughs> could not, they did not end up doing that. But I thought that would have been a very different episode too, if they had had Shatner on this episode. Might have but not it, made our list of best episodes that maybe well, would have, who knows? Who, who knows? I mean, give him some good writing and Shatner can deliver. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So here we are. We are in this mirror universe, there is no sign of the prime universe in sight. This is only mirror. Yeah. And let's talk about that for a second. Cause every other episode we've discussed in the mirror universe thus far has had our prime characters being thrown into this universe and having to navigate it and grapple with the like inhumanity of it and the lack of morals and all that jazz and I think that this approach is so great because it gets you directly into the mindset and like it makes this whole cause more sympathetic in a way that you have to challenge your own like morals and your own sort of like questioning of who you're gonna sort of follow along with are you with thinking about the rebellion a lot are you just wanting archer to become emperor you know like and i think it's okay to feel any of those things because that's what the point of the episode is is to like kind of make these characters more sympathetic which deep space nine did explore like we saw a lot of uh you know the intendant kira mira kira being mk MK, (laughs) being someone who was sometimes a sympathetic character you know and i just love it i love that they're now exploring more of what the system of violence has done to the people here instead of bringing in sort of like our great universe our mirror or our prime universe bringing that in instead of that of course it will leak in a little but I don't know. I think this is a really great way of doing it and totally intentional, you know, whether it was for the time or just the writing wanted to do something different. I don't know, but I'm really happy it went this way because in a way I didn't really want like two Scott Bakula's Aculas acting together, (laughs) you know, like it just wouldn't, I think that enough, we saw enough of that with his little (laughs) flash or with his little like hallucinations he gets. So I don't know. I think they did it so well. Yeah. To me, this is a breath of fresh air because we have had enough of the discourse in Star Trek already where the prime character is like, how could this happen? (laughs) You know? And I don't need, I don't need to see that anymore. Like I, I love just being in the mirror universe and saying, okay, this is where they're at. Also, as always, I am trying to put together this mirror timeline in my head of, okay, how did the empire unfold? Like what direction Mm -hmm. was it heading to? What's going on? Like I know Spock is a member of Kirk's crew in TOS. And so a hundred years earlier, what are the Vulcans doing? What's going on? And I don't want to think about the prime universe because I'm entrenched in the mirror. And I love that we just dive right into it. And I love because we hear the captain's log and it is not Archer. It is 
Forrest, not Admiral yes. Forrest, but Captain Forrest, who's in command of the Enterprise. And this is great to see him in this episode, too. I always like Admiral Forrest. He's a great character. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's that different compared to, mm. like, uh, Prime Forrest. Yeah, I think there's a similar amount of ambition there. I think, obviously, less cutthroat, um, as everyone is in, or as a lot of people are in the Prime universe. I like that analysis. I didn't really think that he was pretty similar, but you're right. Also, because he doesn't get a ton of writing outside of, like, I'm in command, and then, oh, no, I'm overthrown, and, ooh, I'm going to have sex with Hoshi, you know? Like, (laughs) there isn't a ton ton for the actor to do, but I still think he does a good job with it, and gets to sort of show where the command structure is right now and how it's different from what we expected, which I love that we get to see archers rise to power and then just, you know, fall and then fall after that. So it's just, it's a great arc to set this up. Yeah. I think having Archer start out as commander gives him a a journey to go on as you're saying, Rihanna. So let's lay the, let's lay the groundwork for all these characters. So I'm noticing right away that there is no Starfleet security. There's only Mako officers. So we mm-hmm. have my husband, um, Travis Mayweather, is a Mako <laughs> officer. <Ooh. laughs> Call me Ashlyn Mayweather. Let's go. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Reed as I think he's, he's called Major. So this is yeah. like an Earth military term. Totally. So that has not left. So we have oh, major. Oh, I'm not surprised. I mean, Mako yeah. still in the Prime Universe is ba- based off of military structures, you know, from yes. Earth. So it makes sense that then Mako is the security because you know, gotta yes. have military policing each other. <laughs> yeah, on the ships they have cops. Like, <laughs> okay, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Um, so we have <laughs> like literal nightmare red flag city. <laughs> like, Jesus. It's amazing, truly. Um, <sighs> it's it's basically only Reed and Mayweather are in mm-hmm. the Ma- or in Mako, and then a bunch of Richards, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, so many. Um so many. We have Phlox, who's the same doctor, but he likes killing. And experimenting on his own animals. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> very sad. Yeah. Uh we have Hoshi. She is still communications officer, but she's also very, very ambitious and is sleeping with Admiral Forrest. And she's later going to sleep with Archer and Mayweather. Like she is going around town. Mm-hmm. And then we have Topol, who is begrudgingly on Enterprise. She is loyal to the command structure though mm-hmm. oh yeah and then and then of course we have trip down in engineering <laughs> poor man has been like re- exposed to so much radiation that his face is disfigured and he mentions mm-hmm. that every day they spend down there it takes like a decade off his life so he's Jeez. about to die next week rihanna take your pick where do you want to go now <laughs> well actually ashlyn before we talk thank you for laying out these characters I want to also talk about the intro because we kind of glossed over it. We should just talk about it a little bit more because this is not our okie dokie <laughs> how do you do intro, you know. This is not Faith the Heart. Um, this is just a dramatic music with a choir. Ashlyn, I think you should get your choir to do this. You know how those symphonies do like put on movies and then like the people do the music in the background? 
I would love that for this Enterprise intro, but it's absolutely terrifying because it's literally just looking like a war propaganda movie. Like the openings, the way that they, they're showing same evolution of what we see in the Enterprise intro, but through like the war machine instead of through like uh, objects for exploration. So that in itself is so brilliant to show that divergence. They're like, this is early on seeded into this universe because even the ships were showing like the cannons and stuff. And so I'm like, yes, probably the mirror universe diverged during that, but I think it's cool. It's showing the seeds of that that terrifying like desire to rule through fear through fear and like weapons and stuff like that so it was really interesting and a great choice i just applaud star trek when they change their intros to do something really clever we literally just talked about this in our patreon episode where we talked about a mathematically probable redemption which is or a mathematically perfect redemption which is the lower decks episode that also has a really different intro and so I don't know. I just I, I really want to applaud it because it was terrifying <laughs> and yeah. very cool. What made it terrifying for me is that the original intro is so inspiring and we see humans going to space and how mm -hmm. hard we've worked and it's images from our own time, like our mm -hmm. astronauts going to space and going to the moon and the Apollo missions, like shuttles going off into the into the atmosphere. But this, all of the war-like images that they show could very easily have been taken from our history or our mm -hmm. past or or our present. Mm -hmm. And I even thought they didn't show 9-11, but there were buildings being bombed. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure they were trying to, like, uh, allude to 9-11 and kind of yeah. say, okay, doesn't this kind of look like Earth? Like... Don't you think we could be going this way? I appreciate that as the intro like goes on, they show the Enterprise having these really harrowing battles where it's like firing at other ships. But again, mm -hmm. that th that is what the NX Enterprise looks like. It also gets into scraps. Yeah. So I feel like, Rihanna, thank you so much for that, having us dive in a little more to this intro because mm -hmm. I think it shows that line of, depending on what music you put in the background, this could either be like, we're celebrating war or mm -hmm. we are lamenting the war that has yep. happened in our past. So exactly, um, exactly. Uh, good uh. point. <laughs> like you know, there that wow, I'm blown away. That's a really good point, Ashlyn. Ugh. So music is supposed to affect you. Like they do it to move you. You know, in a certain way. So yeah, um, you should all just take a take a listen to that Enterprise intro for In a Mirror Darkly. It's in season mm -hmm. four. We haven't mentioned, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, do our watch list, Ashlyn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. No, <laughs> the first ten minutes of Tholian Web, and then in a mirror darkly. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Ash. So we, by the way, as we have talked about before, this is still Starfleet. This is not called anything else different. There's no Federation, obviously, because we're not aligned with species anymore. We're just Terrans aligned with each other. And so, Rihanna, in the beginning of the episode, we see that. Forest is captain and jump scare. We get Hoshi in some lingerie in his quarters talking about yep. how the Tau City 
uh, attack actually did not go well. They lost 12 ships in this fight, and the Empire is in a bad situation in this war because Mm -hmm. of how poorly they are doing. Yeah. And they, Hoshi was like, congratulations, I heard it was a great victory. And he's like, you must have been caught, like you must have gotten the propaganda because it did not go well, you know? And so they're effectively also trying to silence these losses to the people, you know? And I also just am really impressed how they're taking elements from Mirror Mirror because as you discussed, you know, Mike Sussman was such a huge fan of, of that of the episode and of course really thought about it in this take on enterprise and so her sort of being the captain's woman as we discussed in the original series it seems you know is so common in this universe and it is definitely a way that a lot of women and possibly men we don't know other genders (laughs) um choose to climb the ranks you know so many people choose different ways to climb the ranks and so we see that hoshi is just sleeping with the current captain essentially that is her uh like chosen role right now or maybe not chosen we don't know for sure um well she i think totally chosen i think so yeah the i say that because after forest is taken down because archer does a mutiny Mutiny! as i always yell (laughs) when there's a mutiny (laughs) um after the mutiny hoshi goes right to archer and says well you know how it is like whenever there's a new captain whatever his property is or like everything he owns becomes the property of the next captain and she's Mm -hmm. including herself as property so she Mm -hmm. is making herself an object to him to get into his good graces and also it seems like they've done it before it seems like they've been together before as a couple i say couple Mm -hmm. like extremely loosely Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah. because she mentions like oh it hasn't been this good in a long time like things like that so i i think also the fact that he willingly tells her that this battle did not go well she's getting this free information like top secret yeah yeah yeah, from forest this top secret information from forest without prompting you know all she's like is like dang like soon the war will be over and i'll go back to teaching we'll see each other on the weekends and he's like no honey like that's not what's going on yeah Ooh, and the fact that like uh actually no i'll say that later but um yeah I love that line or I love that line when she was like, wow, like that's when she when she is with Archer and she's like, wow, that's the best I've had in a while. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure Forrest was a really good lay. Like he's a definite pass for me <laughs> in any universe. Okay, this is a good this is a good intermission time, Rihanna. Um so pass to Forrest. I'm also gonna pass yeah. Mirror Forest. No offense. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <Hard> pass. <laughs> um, okay, Hoshi. Uh smash, oh, smash. or pass. Smash. Yeah. Yes, smash. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> It was honestly, and I, I think it is worth discussing because Enterprise, Rick Berman, is mm-hmm. pushing the boundaries of what they're putting on television and what Star Trek is doing with sexiness. You know, we mm-hmm. always talk about how on Enterprise they're rubbing each other down in the decontamination yeah. chamber. <laughs> And they're trying to add sex appeal to Star Trek when I argue it doesn't need sex appeal, but it already like, had it. Yeah, it already had it. I, <laughs> I was... mean, look at MK. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Like, look at you Beverly don't, Crusher. You don't <laughs> need like 
half shirts where everybody's like tummies are out to make characters sexy. Yeah, it, it just it, Riker's sexy V V neck. You know, Star Trek has always been sexy. <laughs> um, when Picard goes to Risa, his shirt is like completely open. Like he's hello. Slutty. I'm yes. sorry to say, but Picard gets slutty on Risa. <laughs> like... Yeah, and so with uh knowing you know ahead of time or just knowing that there's a mirror enterprise episode i expected the sexiness to be turned up to 11 and oh, i was yeah. not disappointed because <laughs> this is the only time in star trek we get actual lingerie on hoshi and it almost felt like i couldn't look i was like this is too yeah. much you know, know. like as i'm like dang like every she looks great like everything's going well but it's <laughs> it's almost like oh lord like turn it off I know. you know yeah I know it's like scandalous I'm like oh my what stars. if my mom walks in and sees this <laughs> my mom's watched this <laughs> like, oh my god <laughs> um we she loves Enterprise so I guess it worked out um I think honestly yeah, it's so Rick Berman, though, because if you think about it, I'm sort of skipping around here, but this is just a very important thing to mention, that the women uh, to pull and Hoshi, when they're fighting, they do not break the Brechtel test. <laughs> they do not pass the Brechtel test. Even then, when they're fighting, they're talking about sex and men. Like, <laughs> that to me is just the epitome of Rick Berman. Like, Yes, they're like, ooh, we're going to make Trek sexy, but it's mostly we're going to make the women sexy and the men more violent. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's except not the May direction. Weather. Except Mayweather. Yeah, um, I mean, he does a couple high kicks, but we'll forgive him for it. Yeah, <laughs> that was well, a beautiful kick. <laughs> I also think like, okay, you know, Rick Berman had his hands on this, but it's also so like early 2000s for me too, because Jolene Balock, like her hair is down in this episode and she has yeah. the Rachel, like she's straight <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> has like long hair with like the short bang or like the long bangs like parting part. her face yeah the middle yeah. part like oh. okay girly um you're right even so, though like the little two-piece for the women's suits are still just so that era like i don't I know mean, what else to say it but it's also an homage to ahura and mirror mirror mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. all of the women on that had like you know tummies out yeah you Turns know crop out there tops was... There was the male gaze before Rick Berman. Wow, shocker. Yeah. <laughs> it existed in TOS. <laughs> they all they all look great. I can't help but thinking, and this is just because like I know like so many women have complained working under Rick Berman that mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're forced to dress that way. Mm -hmm. So I I kept help, you know, as great as everybody looks, I can't help but think how uncomfortable. Yeah. They both must have been while filming this episode because it is hard to look perfect. Like bodies mm -hmm. are bodies. And yep. there's so many times where Jolene Balak is like, to, as to pull is sitting in the captain's chair and she's kind of like, I don't like sitting diagonally. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a way to not make it look like your like stomach is gonna like mm -hmm. jut out as, uh, as a God stomach forbid. does yeah. because it's an, everyone has stomach. human yeah. stomachs mm -hmm. and I, I just feel a little like, oh, like this oh, is it, it hurts me. Yeah. This is male gaze, sexy Star Trek. And I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of the time, most of the time, it is not like male gaze Star Trek. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And unfortunately, this became an era of it because even in the J.J. Abrams films, even, you know, like I ugh, think, yeah, I think that a lot of new Trek kind of got out of that a little bit and didn't do as much as that or just was, were like 
okay, we're just going to have everyone be sexy in the mirror universe and disco, you know, <laughs> like, um, but we'll also give them like practical uniforms, you know, so, but I do think that this is, I'm not making excuses at all because it irritates the hell out of me as well. Like, especially seeing how Jolene Balak has to sit like that, even in her cat suit, like on a normal episode. And so I bet she, getting the script and seeing these costumes, she's probably just like, are you kidding me? Like, I still have to be doing this. Like as a person who, you know, has spent her day sucking in her stomach during an event or wearing a nice dress or something that doesn't feel comfortable, like, it's awful and exhausting and your body just hurts after like my stomach hurts after for like it being so scrunched in and you know there's just so many effects it has on women that like of course men are never going to think about if if they're not considering women in the first place and if they're only thinking about them as these beautiful things um yeah and so of course some of the universe is going to reflect that but it's just interesting how oh you're making this universe episode of that's filled with sexism that is trying to make a point about how bad this mirrored universe is but the episode director or, or you know creators or whatever are sexist and so it's just this like weird conundrum <laughs> yeah well and i think it's one thing to make a character sexy like like what we talked about with mk like nana looks so amazing in in those episodes but it fits her character to be slutty yes. and to mm -hmm. dress that way but mm -hmm. for and i understand that this is the uniform that they wear on the enterprise <laughs> but yeah. i just think like even in the mirror universe you don't have to universally make them all dress that way just because they're women like yes yeah make some and, of the men dress that way then like go back to tng when men were wearing dresses yes. and like Riker was like wow war if you have a really prejudiced view if you think like this dress is just for women like they had these conversations and then it just got lost along the way with all of this other stuff that enterprise is trying to achieve i guess but it's like you can have it all you can do it it can happen well and also in mirror mirror kirk is wearing a tank top like all the men yeah. are dressed slutty as well so yeah. where where is that like besides mayweather like i think we're <laughs> like trip yeah. is not sexy no, no offense reed is not sexy archer's not sexy I think like, those are all passes for me yeah i just <laughs> like... think like make everybody extremely hot like you know mm. so it, anyway that all of that to say is I similar to what you were saying about like sucking in your stomach. I, that's all I could think about when I'm watching these mm -hmm. scenes is how uncomfortable they must have been because I feel the same way. Like I realize that like I think my entire life I've sucked in my stomach every time, mm -hmm. even when I'm alone with myself, like yeah. I'll be in the shower and I'm like, I'm still sucking in. Why yeah. am I doing that? Like there's mm -hmm. no reason to do that. So mm -hmm. it was really like, dang, they're hot, but dang, they're uncomfortable. This is very yes. sad. Yeah. The sacrifice for that, like, beauty, that perceived beauty, when there's no difference between what they would look like if they had covered their stomachs or not sucked in or just not have to wear something ridiculous. I don't know. It's just, like, either make them all dress like that or don't make any of them dress like that. Like, it just, it's, it's so unfair to these women, and especially because... Jolene Balak is continuously sexualized throughout Enterprise. And then Hoshi, of course, has these episodes, like the one where she has to like be in her nighty. We hate the sexy nighty. Like we are back to this because we know that this is like still unfair. This is secretly a feminism episode, actually. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I, yeah, wow, here yeah. we are. Yeah. But I'm glad we're talking about this in Mirror because that is a part of the Mirror universe is everybody, yeah. at least like in 
in most of the other episodes we've talked about, people are pansexual. People Mm -hmm. are doing it with anyone they want to. Wearing whatever they want. Wearing whatever whatever they they want. want. Yeah. And so in this, it's mostly Hoshi is going around. There's some like trip to pole um, Ponfar mentions. That was the funniest mention. That was like fanfic galore to me. Because in so many fanfictions, it's like, oh, Spock is having his Ponfar and there's like two people around. Like, who's he going to choose? You know, so like Kirk's like, I volunteers for beauty. Exactly (laughs) right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm imagining this is the exact thing that happened is to pull's like, I'm in Ponfar. I need your help, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is interesting to see, you know, and I think. Well, that is another thing that's so fascinating to me is to watch to pull and to watch Vulcans in this episode because from the environment they've been living in since first contact, since killing of someone who was trying to make peace, they've had to really alter a lot of the ways that they do things, say things, even react. Like to pull is a lot more emotional. And I'm not being like, eh, she's an emotional woman because all these Vulcans are, you know, in a way that I think being around humans has done to them and also just being in these stressful environments continuously oh my god basically they're treated as lesser as lower species as like not as worth you know value in life and i mean it's so clear you know the disdain that these terrans have for any other species because the episode literally after the intro after this terrifying propaganda war propaganda intro we get right into archer torturing a tellerite in the agony booth with reed running the agony booth everything like that which we've seen tellerites we've had them in episodes of enterprise i don't know if the babel one is yet or if it's coming up but you know i mean we've talked to tellerites a lot and it's just crazy to see that this is an officer though, you know, like these are officers serving in Starfleet, probably either against their will or like, you know, serve or die kind of thing. Terrifying. Or maybe just through their own brainwashing. I don't know. Like maybe they were raised to believe that they were lesser and that they had to serve in Starfleet for some other cause. But I just wonder about the like few other officers I see who aren't human, who aren't Terran or whatever, like uh, to see sort of their journeys. And it's cool that we at least get to explore to pull and Vulcans and how they've had to shift emotionally. So yeah, thank you. I, sorry for that TED talk. No, no sorry allowed. This is our podcast, Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? Um, <laughs> I would attend every TED talk you gave. So Okay, yes. I, I'm thinking the same that poor Vulcans, they have gone through like hundreds of years of trying to, you know, going through Kolinar and purge their emotions so they're not this like violently insane species. And then as soon as they interact with humans, all of that begins to degrade because they are being forced to go against everything they believe in and work for the humans. And I'm jumping ahead extremely, but in part two, we do see a lot of Vulcans and especially what's his name, who's like Depol's commanding officer. Yeah. you know classic what's his name plus his um, so call it's not so lock is it i'm just saying it was like, so random call. so call let's see to pole's daddy Pole's <laughs> <laughs> daddy's dead um to pole's senior officer no so call is on lower decks i think soval 
so Soval. close. Oh we're God, so close. So many. Yeah. Yeah. So we see Soval, who has a beard, by the way. God bless America. Um <laughs> <laughs> what Ashlyn, you love beards. Okay, smash, smash you. Soval. I'm saying oh, it right pass, now. The hardest pass. Are you kidding me? He looks so good. I love in this. but no. No, Rihanna, I can't believe we're disagreeing. No. Um I, I can. Ashlyn and I have the most contrary opinions when it comes to like who we're attracted to. Like always I'm like, Ashlyn, what? <laughs> so Okay, so fall, give me a call. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what about Poland? Uh, smash, are you kidding? Of course. Yeah, smash. The hardest yeah. smash. Yeah. Of course, yeah. But yeah. but I'm but anyway, when we see Soval, like in later in part two, his mm -hmm. emotions are running wild. So yeah. I think Vulcans have like lost it. Like they're doing their best to preserve mm -hmm. their attitude. I mean, when at one point Paul even gives him a live long and prosper sign when they're alone together, and he's mm -hmm. like, You should not be giving that sign even when we're like unseen. Mm -hmm. So that live long and prosper, like peaceful sign is not encouraged by the empire because it's you know get fucked and die you know yeah exactly um, i can't i'm live sorry and, i swear yeah live yeah. short and suffer yeah is exactly. what the empire wants you to do so mm -hmm. all of the vulcan teachings everything that they've like curated and crafted and meditated mm -hmm. on for hundreds of years is crashing down around them under the under the influence of the empire um, it's almost like that's what happens when an oppressive system exactly like, tries to surprise, take over culture. Surprise, surprise, yeah. <laughs> um, so, thank, no, so thank you for bringing that up, Rihanna. And mm -hmm. I talking, like going back to, and I know it seems scary because we're still talking about like the first scene of the first episode. Yeah, but, but we're jumping around. We're covering a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. This will be a long one, but not, you know, hopefully you don't turn us off. Um, yeah. <laughs> so going back to the agonizer, we get this news fact dropped on us that it was yeah. invented by reed major reed invented oh, the agonizer if that isn't the biggest red flag like... that's a reed alert if i've ever heard one <laughs> <laughs> yeah imagine that being your legacy pain and suffering like oh my god yeah i was completely floored because the agonizer, the agony booth, is something that we know very well from Chekhov's experience in TOS. And it's kind of like a meme almost at this point, you know? So, like... Yeah, Chekhov screams again, uh-huh. Yeah. So, I could not believe that. That was shocking. The agony booth, clearly awful. They torture their own officers in there all the time. No one is ever really feeling safe in this environment um, um i think flox is flox is thriving flox. flox is really thriving he is finding new ways to make pain receptors higher <laughs> like well he's yeah. finding new ways to torture people he explains what like what's so brilliant i guess about the agonizer is that a lot of time with torture devices you begin getting numb to the pain because it's like in the same center of your brain but the agonizer randomly chooses pain centers to torment and so just when you're getting numb to the pain in one area it like jumps to another and flox is Jesus. like explaining this like he's on a playground like so hyped yeah. about it on a playground <laughs> i'm sorry i was that. i was trying to think of like somewhere you'd be like really excited happy <laughs> oh that's really awesome <laughs> Flocks on a playground talking about torture. What, what Aww, a time. What a what weird a time. pod we have going. No, Ashlyn, you're so right, though. It is 
very disturbing to see doctors in this universe because there are doctors like this in our history, you know, who experimented on other people and who, and who I'm disassociating. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I literally can't, I can uh -huh. barely talk about this. Um, uh -huh. So it's just like insane to me to think about, like you take this oath, you know, to help and heal people, but you can also choose it and manipulate it at your own will is sort of how Flox is looking at it. And okay, he's like, Okay, but Flox did not take an oath to do no he harm. No one took an no oath way. in this mirror universe. Hippocratic, hypocrisy's oath. <laughs> Hippocratic oath does not exist in the <laughs> hypocrisy mirror Hypocrisy didn't exist. <laughs> no, it's the, it's <laughs> no. the hypocrisy's oath, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it is disturbing to see. And I think it's a good, it's a good thing to, to mention, though, and to talk about because there are roles like that in every oppressive system and in every system of like terror, there's going to be roles even in the doctors that like are wheels in that system and that make it keep happening. Because if Phlox just refused to help whatever, maybe he helps input with the agonizer for Reed, or if he refused to torture the Tholian, you know, like they'd be kind of lost. They don't know what the Tholian, you know, they could probably go in there and like stab it. But obviously there's other ways that he could have stood up for it. But he is clearly in this structure so deep. Even as a Denobulan, he's so brainwashed into the society that like when T'Pol is literally like hearing stuff about the Prime Universe and is like, hey, like you should look into the history of their universe. He's like, that's very dangerous talk. And like, I think we should just delete the records entirely, you know, and he is so down to silence and to torture his own animals and to like hurt other people. So it's just it's really fascinating to watch and terrifying. I think they did such a good job emphasizing his role in this universe. Rihanna, beautiful explanation. Thank you also for digging into everything wrong with this type of torture and enjoyment that Flox is having. On that note, I'm wondering, smash a pass for Mirror Flox. <laughs> Whoa, um, that's that's a pass. <laughs> that is a pass for me. Ashlyn is turning red, so I know her answer. <laughs> okay, smash, smash, for sure smash. <laughs> also, his outfit. I mean, like, that's why the uniform locks oh. in leather. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Black leather? It's a little kinky, probably. Oh, my know. Lord. I mean, we know Denobulans are like polyamorous, like, Flox, he was excited I mean, about all those women. So. We think that Hoshi's getting around the ship. We have no idea what Flox is doing on that ship. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, all of this has got me thinking because Flox is in this situation where he's serving with starfleet but he is not terran archer views him as a species and a person that is not rebellious and is not going to join the rebellion so i want to kind of zoom out a little bit and talk about the alliances and the ever-changing loyalties that we see in this episode and that is something that i think is unique to this mirror episode compared to well, maybe not unique, but I think is done really well in this episode compared yes. to other Mirror Universe. So I'm just going to do a basic outline. So first, Archer betrays Forrest. Mutiny! He becomes captain. And then <laughs> T'Pol brainwashes, like literally mind melds trip to sabotage the ship, the, the engine. Device. Yeah, and the cloaking device and communications and the sensors. And then, so she betrays Archer. And then 
Mutiny! Yeah, mutiny again. Double mutiny. Forrest is released from the brig. And then they, at the, towards the end of the episode, they get on to the Defiant, which we're, we're going to talk all about that in a second. They get onto the Defiant. And then we see that the NX Enterprise is destroyed. And so suddenly the main bridge crew, which conveniently all beamed over to the Defiant. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> all of them, literally all of them survive. And they are- Except Forrest. Well, yeah, not, but that's what I mean. The bridge crew all survives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> true. like the ones we know and love are all alive on the Defiant. And even though they have had these, uh, like they don't trust each other, Reed was kind of loyal to whoever, and now they are all forced when they're on the Defiant to work together, go against the rebellion that is happening because Archer wants to take the Defiant and go right to the Emperor, kill the Emperor, and stop the war and become become the Emperor. And while he's doing that, T'Pol and my husband Soval is there and they're trying to like get the rebellion going. So this is non-stop changing sides, but sometimes they have to work together to stay alive. And we even see Admiral Forrest sacrifices himself to like when the NX Enterprise is being attacked by the Tholians, he does the loyal thing where he's like the last one on the ship. Captain goes down with the ship. All the escape pods are trying to leave and he's fighting off the Tholians. That is such a prime universe move. I, I was, thought the exact same thing. I was like, yeah. what? Like, this man is not being selfish at all. Like, if he if he was really that different in the mirror universe, I would expect him to be on the first escape pod out of there. Agreed. Agreed. So these changing alliances is what keeps this episode so exciting for me because I'm kind of rooting for them all to work together. But mm-hmm. also, I don't know what side everyone is going to come out on. Yes, exactly. And I kind of want them to tear each other apart, you know, and for the rebels to win. Yeah, see, the mirror Rihanna is coming out too. (laughs) Yeah, like I do want to see like the system crumble a little bit, but it it doesn't. It just changes regimes as usual. (laughs) I also want to mention too that because of the Vulcan tech that they accumulated at First Contact, their ships are way more advanced, you know, than a lot of the rebel fleets or a lot of even just the even just like the tholians and stuff but of course then we introduce the defiant which is the like of course you know linchpin of the episode or whatever you want to call it where we get probably the coolest explanation of how all of this went down of how mike sussman wrote this episode (laughs) of like watching the tholian web and then transporting it to So I want to just lay out a timeline. Ashlyn, you're going to have to help me clarify some things because some of this was a little confusing. So what I assumed is that the Gorn was the first on the ship in the Prime Universe before anyone crossed over. Agree or disagree? Okay, hang on. Okay, we have to go back even further. So... (laughs) Here's the science of so this is this is at the end of part one where mm-hmm. finally everyone is working together. This is the whole reason why Archer mutinied is because he has this great idea that he heard that the that there's this strange area of space and the Tholians have captured a Terran ship and Archer wants to get that ship because he heard it has advanced weaponry. And he's doing this without the orders of Starfleet. And so that's why it's a mutiny. And Mm -hmm. 
finally, unfortunately for Forrest, Starfleet agrees with Archer that this is a really good mm-hmm. idea. So now you are all under orders to investigate that ship. Also, Archer has locked in the coordinates, so the Enterprise yeah. can't go anywhere else except to towards the Tholians. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to read some scientific readings. I, I can't help but write down the, no, the techno I babble. I I feel the I same way. I, I did the same. Myself. Yeah. I was like, God, Ashley, you're pausing this episode again to read it. But I love the techno babble. So the Tholians detonated a tricobalt warhead inside of a gravity well of a dead star. So think about that for a second. Okay. okay so okay. that, as you might expect, resulted in an explosion that created an interphasic rift which is a doorway to another universe. And then, so this is all an experiment that the Tholians are doing. And then they transmitted a distress call in this gravity well, like in this vortex that they've created to try to trap a ship from another universe to do some science investigation, strip them of its yeah. components. And because that's ex- the rift was unstable, so they couldn't go through themselves. They had to send in the transmitter. Thank you, Rihanna. Exactly right. And so- that is exactly what happens is they trap the defiant which is ncc 1764 which i thought was rude because they show a picture and i Mm -hmm. all i saw was ncc 17 and i was like oh (laughs) they really wanted to do that yeah (laughs) yeah but it's not the enterprise it's it's the defiant okay not only have they trapped as archer says he's like freaking out reading all this analysis like Mm -hmm. not only have they trapped a ship from another universe but they have trapped a ship from the future they give no reason as to how it's from the future. They didn't even say tachyons, which I was really listening hard, but that's okay. <laughs> you were waiting. It's fine. If we're thinking about now, Enterprise, like TOS's timeline, the mm-hmm. Defiant is just like, la la la, doing their thing. Something is happening to the crew where they're all killing each other. And in, in TOS, like in the Tholian web, there's no mention of the Gorn at all. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's possible that i just i don't i don't see the gorn being on the ship before it got stuck in the well like yeah like is this gorn from the alternate universe and the defiant that they're seeing was from that future where they were already dead in the alter in the mirror universe but see the shadow the defiant and kirk are like in the end, the Tholian web are interfacing in and out. Yeah. And so do they both exist in both universes? Like that's this is what I was thinking. This like, is not discussed, but phasing. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm wondering, my hypothesis is that when the Tholians trapped the Defiant in the 2200s in Archer's timeline, that's when the Gorn probably hegemony heard that they have, mm-hmm. that the Tholians have this ship. And so he's on board there the gorns on board trying to claim it for themselves and trying to like get the technology so i think that the defiant has become a free-for-all and that's why the terrans are drawn to it the gorn are drawn to it the tholians are trying to to scavenge it but it's not clear so to answer your question i don't know (laughs) fair thank you though that was really thorough like i appreciate your analysis this is literally like this is what makes life worth living to me is trying yes. to figure out these like very these small details. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because I was even thinking how fascinating it is that Archer said that he bought this information from a Terran who the Tholians rely on as labor. So that means that the Terrans have at least some kind of alliance with the Tholians or the Tholians are holding them like prisoners and they're used as that kind of labor. I don't know. But 
I just think that all of these little ins and outs of the mirror universe are really interesting, especially getting to see this Gorn. I would be more interested if the Gorn were, I thought the Gorn were just like a hitchhiker and was aboard the Defiant, ready to kill everyone. The Defiant was chasing the distress call. That's why the Gorn was like, I just want to leave. You know, I want to get out of here. I thought he meant like, I need to get back to my universe type thing or he or they or whatever. <laughs> I don't know these Gorn's pronouns. Um, yeah well and that's i think that's just as likely we don't know either way like yeah the only hints that we have is the gorn says i know your species like i know what yeah. you're capable of so which that, could be true in any universe the arena has already occurred like that's season one tos and so that's an early um he's like know, i know you guys can hit me with rocks and yes make little makeshift <laughs> so that's why i was wondering if maybe he is from that time period i don't mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know i want to know more well, and it does make me laugh because now of course enterprise like rick berman had no idea what was coming with strange mm -hmm. new worlds and how they yes. have taken this gorn plot to a whole nother level but I was laughing because in Strange New Worlds, you know, the Gorn are like the most terrifying enemy because they mm -hmm. lay they lay their eggs and their enemies and then they hatch. And then mm -hmm. there's like a thousand Gorn everywhere. And there's a scene where Archer is fighting the Gorn in this <laughs> yes. episode. And he kind of just does a couple Kirk chops, you know. Yes. And, and the, the guy's like, hitting oh. him with the butt of the... <laughs> the phaser gun, gun. Yeah. yeah exactly and there's there's been so many jokes about when kirk is finding the gorn in arena it uh -huh. must have been the most elderly gorn of all time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i think this gorn's like his brother you know yeah, they're both yeah. like really old gorn and they're like i'm gonna go fight once more <laughs> tired from killing all those other humans on the defiant i guess yeah ashlyn that part is always hysterical to me i think though that this is shaping up to be a gorn mini series that we could do because i was thinking this as well yep once we're able to get more strange new worlds and they can close out the gorn plot if they're going to close it out i don't know then that could be really cool you know to, that that the gorn have now become a part of the enterprise universe again something that completely slipped my mind from this episode and made it a cool twist i thought it was almost a little too much to add on because i thought the crew maybe just like mutinied like spock had guessed or something because the captain's neck was broken and the guy's like hands were around his neck so okay this is yeah this is the other problem i was mm -hmm. finding it's a little it doesn't really make sense with a continuity because when they yeah. go on the bridge like when archer and everybody's first on the bridge of the defiant they mm -hmm. see the captain and the red shirt in the exact same position mm -hmm where the engineer has his, or I assume, I'm sorry, it could be security, that some yeah. red shirt has his hands around the captain's neck and his neck is broken. That's what McCoy says in TOS. And that's what I think like Mayweather, not Mayweather, I don't know, someone says on Enterprise too. Mm -hmm. But then as Archer is using the Defiant for his own, they like move the bodies. And yeah. so I'm wondering when does our TOS crew find the defiant like where this in that is what time... i'm thinking is the defiant is just stuck where it was i think it could be like a ghost or an echo of the defiant you know like this is the like yes. remnants of it before it phased from this collapsing doorway that it went through to receive the distress call from the tholians of the mirror universe so that is my guess is that they're seeing what's like the remnants and that's why my McCoy's hand passes through a body and why Kirk is phasing and all of that. I think that's a great explanation. And I'm thinking, I mean, maybe it's obvious, but the Tholians that trapped the TOS enterprise 
mm-hmm. are the same Tholians from the past. Like Archer's era's Tholians Ooh. have. It's are just the... Tholian space, I think. It's just Tholian space. Yeah, because and they all get blown up <laughs> from Archer's past. This is true. Yeah, I think it was like different Tholians just in their space. They probably were like, dang, this is a good idea. I'm going to make this cool web. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've always had this web. Like, that's just they're ingrained, ingrained in their society. Like, it their ships make a cool web. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool to see the Tholian web again. And it's such a classic episode of TOS that it was it was cool to see how Enterprise took the Tholians. They did the same ship style, the same web sort of effect and everything when it surrounds Enterprise. And I also appreciated that we got to see a Tholian for the first time because, of course, TOS only showed us the ship. So we got to see the enemy, kind of quote-unquote enemy. Um, and that whole torture scene was crazy, you know, like, again, showing Phlox's craziness and also just Archer's willingness to go so far, you know, to get this answer. And just the coolest, like, random fact about Tholians that they can admit a, like, signal a distress signal from their like bodies that is sick as hell i was like honestly what a great like survival tactic for a species to do you know or species this is, to have this is the species that elon musk would love like they have oh a God. you know like technology in their brains that can emit the distress <laughs> signal like oh don't show him this episode no. he will get more ideas literally yeah rihanna thank you that's why i want to talk about this too because it's it's cool that the Tholians have such a like temperature need, like phloxes. They have extreme life support needs. And so they had to have it like 400 degrees Kelvin, almost like Kelvians, Kelvius, <laughs> Kelvin, <laughs> in the decontamination chamber. And the animation, absolutely um, 100% effort <laughs> on the Tholians. So good, it looked honestly. It so hilarious. I thought I it loved was it. amazing to watch how, how dorky the Tholian looked. Also, <laughs> they made... better than the Gordon, though. Uh, yeah, true. The effects like, budget better. went to the Tholian and not the Gordon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought also it was interesting. Initially, I think it's Archer who misgenders the Tholian, and yeah. then Phlox corrects him and says, technically, the Tholians have both male and female parts, so mm-hmm. it would be called an it. And I, I thought mm-hmm. it was interesting. Obviously, like we refer to people as they if they mm-hmm. don't identify as male or female. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so, I mean, obviously it's so like early 2000s, yeah. you, know, you know, to say it. But mm-hmm. also, I think it really, it weirdly works for the mirror universe because they, in this universe, like it's all about viewing things that are different from you as an object. So to- yeah, possessions. Yeah, to not even acknowledge that, it has feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's a being you know it's it's way easier to murder the tholian when you call mm-hmm. it an it rather than oh they would prefer to have the, the degrees be 400 kelvin or whatever yeah so that was a tiny detail but i thought for the mirror universe it works quite well agreed ashlyn what a good point yeah and the tholian is still able to send out the signal before it is actually killed which has the other tholians trapping the enterprise as we discussed and then archer transporting everyone over to the defiant i just got a shout out you know they did this a couple times on enterprise but this is of course the more memorable and less traumatizing time to show the defiant and pretty much give us the tos enterprise bridge you know that was really special to hear all the ambient sounds to just like 
the detail and the attention and care they took to either remake the set or build from what they had. I don't know. Green um, screen. I don't know how they did this, knows? but it's a yeah. fantastic replication of that era of, of Starfleet ships. Absolutely. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Hilarious though. When they all put on the different uniforms, I was really taken right back to trials and tribulations. I was like, wow, this is too good. A beautiful beautiful ode to TOS. This ship is completely able to demolish the Tholians um, and the Enterprise is exploded and they are able to take the Defiant. And that's of course when Archer starts his whole campaign to be emperor and starts really spiraling. I think also the spiral does really truly ignite when they look at the files for them, for their prime selves, their alternate selves. And Archer is seen as this decorated person, one of the most like historic men, exploration, whatever, in this in this century. All this stuff that we know about Archer, about his father, blah, 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 triggers something in Mirror Archer, you know, truly, where he is then seeing himself, like, say, like, take over the ship, like, you need more power, blah, blah, blah. But he's seeing this Archer as just, like, his counterpart instead of seeing him as an opposite, where it, I think it could have been interesting to have this archer like war with him a bit be like are you sure this is the right decision but i kind of liked that even mirror archer thought that the prime archer would be as hungry for power and motivated in that way as he is you know because he can only see his world through that lens yeah he actually i was fascinated by how angry mirror archer was when he heard about the records of his counterpart and by the end he says no he yells i should say great men are not peacemakers great men are conquerors and we see he's only getting more and more racist and xenophobic as the episode continues to the point where he says to Hoshi, I'm going to get all of the non-Terrans off the ship and kill them. And I yeah. want like an, I want the Defiant to only have Terrans. And she's like, uh, but your doctor's a Denobulan. Like, what about him? Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, well, Phlox, you know, he's yeah, not going to rebel. One he's one of the good ones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And he's useful to me. He doesn't say that, but I said that. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was actually thinking, you know, because after he reads the accomplishment of his counterparts, that's when these specific visions start that you're talking about, Rihanna. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they meant to do this, but I couldn't help but thinking about the Tholian Web episode because in that episode, Spock and McCoy are struggling with the loss of Kirk as captain. And yet he <laughs> Kirk is like phasing in and out. I'm right and here. he's, yeah, and he's like, boom you know like he's kind of like floating around <laughs> the enterprise and like trying to talk to them and trying to speak to them and there's even a message that he's recorded to spock and mccoy after he's dead and i i just couldn't help but think about this too that archer is having these visions of himself so i don't think they meant to do that but i couldn't help but think I about that um, yeah. make, make that connection as well and also important to this scene is not only do we hear what archer accomplished as his prime self but we hear what hoshi accomplished and she's mm-hmm. the one who is so interested in all yeah. of this and she reads what we know about hoshi like she created the translator and she's awesome mm-hmm. and she takes all of this very lightly like she doesn't have a huge reaction to it she's like yeah. haha this is so funny she's like turn that off like i don't care i don't yeah. i don't want to know who i married i don't want to know who how i died or whatever yeah. but 
everything does change after this. And Mm -hmm. so I think it kind of has opposite reactions where Archer sees, wow, I was such a great man. I have to become better than Mm -hmm. him in my universe. Hoshi hears this. I think the seeds of ambition, knowing this like only furthers her ambition, Mm -hmm. which there's no indication of. And I bring this up because of the shocking ending that we have, which I don't want to say quite yet in case you haven't seen the episode. Agreed, Ashlyn. Thank you for making that point. I think that with Hoshi, she's always sort of used being the captain's woman to climb ladders. You know, it seems that for a while she's done this. She apparently was a teacher still in this universe, but seemed to climb the ranks onto these different ships through like sexual encounters or whatever. So I think that she's always had that ambition, but to see that, but I can accomplish more than just a universal translator. Like, I think both of them are trying to prove that power is stronger than like peace you know and that like ruling and and domineering is stronger than like finding a peaceful solution archer calls them a federation of fools he he's really showing his naivety of of what he thinks will stand the test of time you know but what these logs and what this the show of what the mirror universe or what the prime universe is actually plant seeds of hope like they're going to be planted in mirror mirror like they're going to be planted in deep space nine like they're going to be planted in disco like we're going to continue to see this because hope is always more powerful than fear and pain and i'm going to say this every single episode because it's true and it's something we all need to remember in our real lives you know and i think that archer that's his fatal flaw you know is thinking that I need to prove that I'm better than this prime archer through fear and power domination, imperialism, basically. I mean, it's truly, this is what is happening to the, this is an empire and an imperialist society. Yes. I also, I have to applaud Archer because he is absolutely Delulu. So he, (laughs) he says, okay, (laughs) I want, I want to be better than my prime. And so I'm going to be emperor. And he tells this to Hoshi and she jumps on board immediately. She's and like, she, yes, king. She's horny <laughs> for it. She's like, I've yeah. never been an emperor's woman. Like, am I doing okay so far? And mm-hmm. she jumps on board also to pull everyone on the ship. Once they hear that Archer's trying to be emperor, they just, yeah. they're like, okay, well, he's probably going to become emperor. Even though like no one stops to think for one second how absolutely impossible this will be to achieve like just I'm, relying on one powerful I know, ship yeah i know like a ship 100 years in the future as trip says and trip like is absolutely goo goo gaga over the sh- over the engine he's like <laughs> yes. that engine could go warp seven oh, yeah. like he's oh he's freaking <laughs> yeah. out but like as much as 100 years of technology would really overpower the empire has like i know they're in the middle of a war but they have like so many ships and so no one even doubts archer (laughs) they're just like yeah we all are delulu with you like you're gonna be the emperor and now we have to start planning for you to be the emperor even though he's like not even been made captain of the defiant officially by Mm -hmm. the empire so I, yeah. I applaud how delusional everybody yes. is. Um, I think just, because yeah. he's got all confidence in a in very big arsenal of weapons. And so that's a really dangerous combination because, as Topol says to Soval, Archer will lay waste to Vulcan if he becomes emperor. Like, she already saw him just 
easily destroy a ship full of Vulcans. And if you all remember, Spock, a half Vulcan, can hear the screams of dying Vulcans on a ship. So to pull a full Vulcan absolutely can. And so I think if reading the logs about that didn't clench the deal for her, that absolutely did that moment of destroying the Vulcans. We don't know for sure if she heard the the screams, but we know, like, let's be real, if we're thinking about Vulcan canon. So I think saying that, you know, that he will lay waste to Vulcan is such an important thing to say because she kind of expects him to pull it off in a way, at least pull it off enough to kill a huge amount of her species. And she is now crawling out of that, like, horrible position she's been in this like basically prison everyone here is in a prison we talked about this with jennifer cisco in the mirror universe you know that even if you're a collaborator you're still a prisoner you know and what is it mccoy says a gilded cage is still a cage (laughs) so (laughs) thank you um so i just think this is a beautiful moment when she goes to saval and is like we need to stop him like this is insane and so they get together a team on a ship called the avenger which i think is really cool and they get a team of literally an orion a andorian and some vulcans and it's incredible and i think the tellerite no i think he passed i don't know what happened to the tellerite he died on the enterprise i think with forest Yeah, yeah i think so yeah so just to see them all working together and like trying to fight this ship is so incredible and of course the final key for them is to get flocks on board and of course he's as we've talked about the collaborator like the, the one who is going with the system and i think that was huge you know to get flocks to be able to sabotage the ship and it had me thinking that this was going to end this way, that they were going to have victory for the rebels. But I also was thinking they probably just didn't make a ton of waves into the mirror universe of TOS time, because as we know, Spock is kind of the first revolutionary to make huge, huge waves in the Empire. Well, I but think there's I was differences. Thinking, like there could have been different waves. Yeah, I think Spock made a difference within the Empire itself and changed. Yes the fabric of what the empire is and the rebels are completely separate like they are an outside Mm -hmm. force and so there's two different philosophies like change from the inside rebel from the outside to have like a life free of the empire yeah flox (laughs) like we talked about this a little bit already but as soon as he hears that he could become the emperor's physician if they choose to save his life. Like if the rebels save the emperor, he will be highly rewarded and he'll have like a bunch of concubines and he'll be able to like do basically whatever he wants. He's on board. Like he's like, sure. Yeah. yeah, That sounds great. He's swayed by like the promise of more power and more gifts and stuff. Exactly. So also a couple of, couple of moments I, I love is when Archer decides to kill Admiral Black who is this name that we've been hearing across the two-parter. And he apparently even has a traitor that's been assigned to the Enterprise and Mm -hmm. are just trying to figure out who that is the whole time. And so after Forrest is dead, then Admiral Black comes on board and says, Archer, you've done a great job. Nice job getting the Defiant. Let's go back to Earth. And at some point you'll become a captain of your own. And Archer completely blocks him out after that because he's like, I want to become the captain of Defiant. And this is when he really goes into like third gear (laughs) because Mm -hmm. he kills Admiral Black 
And I absolutely love a couple of scenes later, there's like another Admiral who's talking to Archer. Yeah. And um, he's like, um, where's Admiral Black? And I <laughs> I applaud Taylor Swift because she definitely took this line from mm-hmm. Enterprise. It's like, sure. oh, Admiral Black can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Archer is in his reputation era. Like what he, you made him do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so absolutely, what chef's kiss, beautiful. Um, he said, "Oh, Admiral, Admiral back here, you can't come somewhere." <laughs> yeah, so that's amazing. I also forgot to mention earlier that Porthos is actually in the mirror universe, but he's oh a Rottweiler, a Rottweiler. That was the most ridiculous and funny thing I've ever seen. I was like, "You just made it a more aggressive looking dog." Like, wow, way to give the dog a bad reputation. <laughs> I would have. I wished it was still a beagle, and it was just yeah, like that would evil. Be the funny- he's like growling at everyone (laughs) he's like biting everybody yeah (laughs) or just like no dog to show like no wholesome maybe he's a cat person okay (laughs) that'd be so funny he's like a black cat he's like and this or like an orange cat (laughs) and this is my little friend (laughs) he's got like the james bond thing going yeah yeah circles in his chair with his little whiskey (laughs) yes um oh man so i'm saying just the last couple things that are coming to my mind right now we didn't talk about it and it's probably the only thing that makes me really, really angry about this episode, <laughs> yeah. which is that when Archer is raiding the captain's closet and the whole randomly, I guess, I don't know what Archer was thinking. He was like, okay, everybody on the Enterprise crew, like go through the Defiance clothes and put them on if you want. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> it's a weird moment. Yeah. only like the bridge crew, like Mayweather, <laughs> Reed, Trip, Trip like not Fox. Um, to pull they all get in tos era uniforms yes but which ashlyn is wearing right now she's wearing a okay, blue yes. one that to pull wears i'm wearing to pull's blue dress right now mm-hmm. slash a science officer's blue dress yeah. from tos but uh, it makes me so angry because archer's uniform it's it's the green little wraparound thing that kirk wears a lot of time we've seen pike yeah. in it now on strange mm-hmm. new worlds there's no starfleet insignia none to be seen at all which implies that it's not a patch it's like or which implies that the insignia is a patch that they have to put on so number one what the f okay and then (laughs) number two i'm sorry i'm getting so so bad (laughs) when we see the like dead officers aboard Mm -hmm. the defiant they are wearing these weird af insignias they're kind of like the starfleet symbol but like sideways and looking like clay molded it's really weird and i did on memory alpha rihanna did find this little mention of it that said there was no insignia created for the defiance crew however in creating a mirror darkly the wardrobe department came up with something new quote a variation on the standard starfleet arrowhead tilting it and adding an extra angle to its shape in the original Why? TOS episode, some Defiant crew members may be seen wearing the Enterprise assignment badge. So there's like mm. chaos around the chaos in the costume department is my yeah. favorite <laughs> <laughs> Magic Tree House book. <laughs> <laughs> F is going on. I'm so confused. Just... Let's just add a little extra to this symbol and then it won't look like it's canon. <laughs> it literally, yeah, honestly, it looks like in, you know, the in the episode of Prodigy where they 
become yeah. like the the species live logs and proper yeah yeah thank you the species is trying to mimic starfleet and they create mm-hmm. these like starfleet insignias that are not quite matching that's what it yeah. looked like the crew of the defiant was wearing like what is going weird. on weird 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 it, it literally it took me out i had to like walk yeah. around and like get like my it. anger out no i did not <laughs> like it at all i was like you guys need to remaster this episode except put the proper insignias yeah, on your it uniforms just, it makes it feel sloppy instead of like oh a cute little thing to add it's like no no like it has to be they made all of these other details so correct and then just really effed up that one that's so weird to me to kind of i think wrap up brianna you know we were talking about the rebels and their influence in and outside of this mirror universe in starfleet and we have seen deep space nine that the alliance exists and so i can't help but think that these rebels that are based they're like completely non-terrans that this has to be the start of them. And so even though we don't see them at all in TOS, they're definitely in the background. Like Rihanna said, there's always some faction of people fighting against the tyranny that is oppressing them. So shout Ooh. out to Saval, to Tapol, to the people who are making this rebellion happen. Yes. Um, that will be discussed more next week when we talk about discovery. Yeah. But before that, there is a huge huge thing that happens at the end of this episode so archer is celebrating his accomplishments because he destroyed the admiral who was opposing him he has headed to earth and he's there he's at earth and he says hello uh this is the defiant i'm gonna be emperor let's go he doesn't make contact with them yet but he's drinking his champagne he's doing it with hoshi oh god okay yeah that thank you sorry to interrupt really quick ashlyn that transition from them destroying the Avenger, which is the ship that the aliens were on, like all the amazing people who were fighting back in the rebellion, all were destroyed because Flocks got knocked out by Trip. F you, Trip. I don't like you in this universe. And then it has the horrible transition because we see this like destruction of the ship, and then it has naked archer just like post-coital in his little bed with hoshi it is the like it was traumatic i really hated it every second i was like gagging i was like no thank you this is not the sexy enterprise i wanted (laughs) okay okay to counter that there was one scene we kind of skipped over it but it's where archer first says like i'm gonna be emperor here's my plan and she's like all excited like oh yeah i'm gonna be an emperor's woman that scene is completely in the dark or it's Mm, all all we see is them silhouetted I thought mm-hmm. that was one of the coolest scenes. Like it was agreed. shot so well. It was successfully sexy in my opinion. Yeah, like agreed. this is the way to do the mirror universe where it's mm-hmm. like very risque. They're talking about plotting to take over the empire. That mm-hmm. was a really well done scene by like the cinematography. Great, like wonderful scene. But I agree that this post-coital scene at the very end is very like shocking because we've seen all of this death and then we just see archer is like drinking champagne that hoshi passed him yeah and you know it's so funny because i completely forgot about this ending twist and so when hoshi reaches down to get the champagne i'm like oh she's gonna grab a gun or a knife or something um and then she just hands him champagne and i'm like oh okay okay we're just chilling and i just love like how blase he he is about it how he just like dunks it into his mouth and they're laughing about it and everything like this is just so brilliant because we're so fooled you know first i was fooled that the rebellion was gonna 
you know, get one up on the Defiant and be able to d disable them. But then, of course, the Avenger was destroyed. And it looks like Archer's path to victory is so clear. We're, what, five, three minutes away from the end of this episode? Star Trek usually loves a good wrap-up. They will spend <laughs> sometimes a solid seven to ten minutes laughing on the bridge or having a party or having a weird closing scene. I'm thinking specifically Voyager. <laughs> Like, anyway, it will take time for Seven to adjust to her trauma, but she's fine and back <laughs> on duty. Let's have a party. You know, like, that is quintessential Trek. And so I'm thinking, oh, my God, Archer is going to be Emperor and they're wrapping this up and it's going to be his victory. Like, what? You know? Yes, exactly. Well, and it's funny that you say when it has the shot of Hoshi reaching down to get the champagne, you thought it was going to be a knife because I think it's completely a parallel scene to yeah. when Archer and Hoshi are first together after mm -hmm. he mutinies against Forrest yeah. because they have that their first kiss together and then Hoshi reaches behind her back, pulls mm -hmm. out a knife, tries to stab him, and then yeah. Archer does not even break the kiss, keeps kissing her, stops no. him from being stabbed, yeah. and then is like, hey, uh, maybe we better have a working relationship, you know, instead of romantic right. or whatever. And yeah. I mean, first of all, like that's just quintessential mirror universe is you have mm -hmm. to know in order to survive, you have to know how to keep kissing and stop your assassination. <laughs> it's happened so many times. <laughs> like, yeah, this is an old hat. You know, you just know oh, totally. how to stop this at this point. So I think it was totally a parallel scene to that where, okay, at first she was like trying to kill him with the knife. And then in this scene, you mm -hmm. think, oh yeah, she's just giving him some champagne. No. How far they've come. Yeah. Hoshi is still trying to kill him and she succeeds because Ooh. less than a minute later, Mayweather walks in and Archer, he like freezes what he's saying and he's like, ugh. Like he's, he's like malfunctioning. <laughs> yeah. Something's yeah. wrong. And he got poisoned by Hoshi. That's Poisoned by Hoshi. And she gets up, makes out with Mayweather. So this is why I say mm -hmm. he's not loyal, but like, you know, he was mostly loyal. Mostly loyal. <laughs> loyal to the powers he know that will succeed. I think that that is a lot of what we see in the mirror universe is the shifting of power comes a lot from just, okay, this person has more leverage now. But I think for Mayweather, there comes with a bit of a stronger loyalty to that power than maybe, or and with Phlox, you know, but Phlox will still shift if he sees the winds are turning that way. <laughs> yes, exactly right. So shockingly, Archer dies mm -hmm. and then Hoshi goes to the bridge and she communicates with Earth. They're like, hey, defiant what's going on like Please where's captain archer yeah. and she says once again captain archer can't come to the phone right now <laughs> He's dead. archer's dead and she says hi this is actually empress sato speaking yes and like you will prepare for my arrival yeah she said target their cities she arrived at earth that admiral who's been yelling at archer the whole time like are you gone have you gone mad what is happening is now like where's archer blah blah, blah. yeah she was like target their major cities and tell them that Briss is coming. Like, talk about the most badass move. That is like MK level <laughs> of like badassery. Chills, 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 chills. And it defied my expectations because in mm -hmm. all of these Mirror Universe episodes, we have seen women who are so powerful and yeah. they are able to use their femininity to climb the ranks and mm -hmm. also to be accepted as leaders like we saw with Kira like we've seen even like with Ahura and once again 
Hoshi Sato does not disappoint. She has been secretly planning this the mm-hmm. entire time. So absolutely stunning. We love Playing to see it. Playing the long game, literally. Yeah. Slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slow burn Hoshi Tempris. Yes. Yeah. And this also sets the precedent of... Like, this isn't a very strict Klingon world where women aren't really on the council or can't, like, run for things or, you know, and obviously that changed in Discovery, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, or it seems like even though, of course, this world is entrenched in sexism, they still have female rulers and we're going to definitely definitely see that when we talk about discovery because if anything like we've said all along the mirror universe power is the most Mm -hmm. important thing and so it doesn't matter your gender your Mm -hmm. well you have to be a terran apparently to rule the empire (laughs) so as long as you're a terran your gender does not matter because if Mm -hmm. you have the power you can lead the people that's what hoshi shows us at the end of this Mm -hmm. episode and she paves the way for other empresses to come which yeah blows my mind stunning yeah i cannot believe that i didn't remember this especially because she says that line and then the credits roll you know it's not any kind of that cushion like i was talking about of the laugh on the bridge or the party or the 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 funeral or whatever the episode end is they just ended it they just left us with that and i think it's so brilliant because with so much of the mirror universe we get these little wrap-ups or we get nothing you know and i think that kind of getting left hanging knowing what likely is going to happen is so brilliant yes and also this entire episode i was thinking okay enterprise mirror universe the only thing i'm kind of besides the insignias which infuriate me (laughs) the the other thing i was thinking about is oh really all of the bridge crew survived the explosion when the enterprise like was destroyed by the tholians that's convenient you know because in deep space nine they were not afraid to murder mirror universe characters that we know and love and so i'm thinking oh that's kind of lame like the whole mirror (laughs) enterprise bridge crew survives but no they kill off archer like yeah. the, they kill off the main guy in this episode. That was brilliant. You're so right. And he amounted to nothing. He caused his own destruction. And even though he was tormented the whole time, he just sucks. <laughs> is this just like a Greek ancient tale that Star Trek is doing? I mean, yes. it's literally a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like he saw what he was in this universe, aka what could have been his future. And by seeing that future, he sowed his own destruction. Like well, that is just brilliant. And they didn't say it when Hoshi was reading off all of Archer's accomplishments, but what we obviously don't know yet when this episode is premiering is that Mm -hmm. Archer will become president of, he's the first president of the Federation. Mm -hmm. And so if Mir Archer had just like had so much ego and so much hubris, like Rihanna's talking about, he could have accomplished the same things. He, yeah. So beautiful. Wow. 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 I cannot believe that this episode has just been under my nose this whole time. And just because I was like, I'm saving myself for the mirror universe, you know, that I haven't watched any of them again since, since we started this pod and before then. Wow, I cannot wait to put this in my episode rotations. Like, they're so good. And this is prompting me more and more, Ashlyn, that we need to make like our individual best star trek episode list you know oh for sure yeah i would love to hear you know what else is on your list and 
to see how we differ and see how we're the same, you know, and, and, and what different Star Trek episodes impact us. Because it seems like, at least for the two of us, this is an episode we've praised more than most episodes in our pod so far. Like, we've had barely any complaints the entire time. We have That's been gushing. so rare. Yeah. yeah, we've been absolutely gushing about especially, this one. Especially, no offense, but especially for Enterprise, where, like, usually we have a lot to complain about, like... I wow. think so something that we need to discuss when we're on our final episode of the mirror universe series is which series did the best episode like did the mm, best iteration of mirror that. so yeah. that'll be really fun to discuss and that brings me to the point of next week we have discovery we're talking about the absolute Ooh. mountain of mirror universe episodes from discovery so much to tackle in this episode next week and after that we're we're done yeah, because there's only a mention in Lower Decks of a mirror universe. Um, we're not going to talk about Ix Gretis. Um, no. We're well, not going to talk <laughs> about Picard Season 2 because that's technically not the mirror universe. Technically, yeah. Picard is in like future. a different... It's like their prime future that Q changed. So it's not, yeah. te not technically mirror. In Prodigy, there's no mirror. In Strange <laughs> New Worlds, there's no mirror. So next week is the last episode of our mirror universe series. <laughs> of our so shortest series yet, but probably most... some of the most impactful episodes, Ashlyn. Like this discussion today has like awakened my brain. I have so much to think about, especially for the upcoming one. Like it's kind of perfect how this worked out, how... It just in general, how Enterprise precedes Discovery because of their timelines being so similar that I love that each each time we have a series, we can kind of easily, gently <laughs> guide ourselves in from Enterprise to Discovery and pretty much seamlessly go into the next timeline. Yes, and I was thinking, you know, maybe this was one series where we should have gone out of order and maybe we should have done like something crazy like enterprise right gone and in order and mirror mirror you know like something enterprise crazy the yeah. web, the mirror, mirror. Yeah. but you know yeah. we we did it and i think i think it's better for it you know stick to stick to our, our order release order always seems to come first for all of us which exactly. is fine we did actually consider doing this pod like for a hot second, probably two seconds. We were like, should we do it in like chronological? And we're like, nope, fuck no. Just time travel in and of itself would completely wreck that. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about TOS first, then Enterprise. But yeah, <laughs> with next week's episode of Discovery being the last one of the Mirror Universe series, that means that I will be announcing what our next <gasps> series will be next week. No, I'm not ready for today. Sorry, I, I, was, yeah. I was like <laughs> lost is, my, yeah. my brain. <laughs> so not even I know what the next series is but gotcha. if you are a patron you will know what the next series is by the release of our patron episode which will be before i'll make sure it's before yeah. um we record discovery because we so um, that means this week you're gonna tell me yeah i'm patrons? gonna tell yeah i'm gonna tell rihanna and the patrons this coming week so please tune in to the patreon episode where we discuss the eighth episode of season three which is paradoxes two yeah i think um, crisis point yeah, two Crisis paradoxes. Point 2. Exactly. Thank you, Rihanna. In that you. one, in that one, if you're a patron, I will reveal what our next series is. So make sure to maybe jump on that train. Head to patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast if you want to find out what's going on there. We have a lot happening in the Patreon world. So don't yeah. miss out. We're recording our episode for the Deep Space Nine documentary tomorrow with yes. a special guest. Special um, guest on so the Patreon. Yep. On the Patreon. So you, you have to subscribe to listen, but hope you do. And thank you all so much 
I cannot believe what a fantastic episode we just created, Ashlyn. I mean, I can. We're phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just honestly am so grateful to you for engaging in all of these difficult and necessary discussions when it comes to just talking about the universe as a whole, because I think it's so important, you know, to look at it through context of our own historical lens, our current lens, and just through Star Trek and how the mirror universe functions. So this has just been like a delightful, incredible series for me. It's been so eye-opening. And I think Discovery is going to give us another slew of incredible questions to ask and probably leave us with more, you know, to think about. So absolutely. Yeah. Rihanna, I'm going to save my thank yous for next week when we wrap up the series. But mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for choosing Mirror. It has been an absolute <laughs> absolute delight and yeah this final episode snuck terror. up on me i was like <laughs> I know. we got more right right <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's, thank I mean, you we, all for the shortest series for we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up for the dura sisters podcast after the mirror <laughs> universe series so thank you so much for listening rihanna thank you for joining me thank you ashlyn so much and you know what i'll say it this week don't let the mf Patox, get you down, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the fourth episode of our Mirror Universe series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the Mirror Universe episodes in Star Trek Discovery. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All of the links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, $6, $12, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky, the holodeck series, and the engineering series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these spectacular episodes. Social media, editing, and marketing is by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Nice. I forgot a species. Denobulin. <sighs> Even as a denobulin. You said that so fast. It's like you were on two times speed. Denobulin. Rihanna, <laughs> this... You've been talking so fast. You're like hyped as fuck. And I'm like, and then, and then they talk about the <laughs> Anyway.